Welcome everybody. Uh, John Thompson here with Community Connect. I have the uh, pleasure of um, introducing Doug Gardenhire from Georgia State University. Um, he directs the respiratory therapy program and has been um, a strong partner with Community Connect for, for many years, having brought students to Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic um, and presenting most recently at the Health Summit uh, in Los Robles, Nicaragua in February 2020. So welcome, Doug. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of, out of your day uh, to share with us. The idea is um, for us to share a little bit of information with our, our communities in the United States, um, Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, and Costa Rica, um, to give them some access to just some, some real information from real people that are working um, in many ways on the front lines um, of this of the situation here, this this Corona uh, crisis, um, that's worldwide. So, Doug, thanks for for coming on uh, with us. This is a uh, a segment we call the weekly wrap, and it's going to be uh, Fridays um, every week. And we're going to get we're going to hear from our partners around the world um, of what's going on in their uh, communities uh, with their organizations and institutions and and uh, what have you. So, um, as our first segment. We're gonna ask Doug a couple, just to kind of kick us off and, and let us know what's the general state of affairs, um, you know, going on in, in, uh, in the United States or even as uh, localized as Georgia and Atlanta. Um, what can you tell us, Doug? Well, uh, where we're at um, right now, of course, first off, Paul, uh, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, of course. what's having, happening here in Atlanta is that currently we're under uh, shelter in um, place through the mayor in the city of Atlanta. However, Georgia State University is exempt from that rule. So we have as administrators been um, going back and forth to uh, the university to, to work on things that we may need. But for the most part, all operations, unless those are extremely essential at Georgia State University are closed. Mm -hmm. Everybody is working uh, at a distance uh, from their home. Uh, and that's the same what's occurring with uh, Georgia State's respiratory therapy program. So currently all of our students are at home uh, and on Monday we will begin online education for the remainder of the semester. At this current point, uh, no students are at clinical. Uh, probably about two weeks ago, we went ahead and pulled all students from clinical, um, more for the reason of that a lot of our clinical partners uh, have asked for the students to remain at home as they have been dealing with uh, the crisis. And I'm sure as you and many of the, the folks listening here could understand with the coronavirus being something that is uh, respiratory based, how that's really affecting uh, respiratory therapists and of course respiratory departments in hospitals around the country and around the world. No doubt. I mean, have you been, have people reached out to you, uh, whether it be the government um, or institutions for, you know, insight and, and guidance during these challenging times when a lot of the unknown um, uh, is, it might be, might be actually known uh, to folks like yourself? Uh, have you, have you offered, how have you involved in that been regard and uh, how, how have you been involved in that regard? Well, currently there's two main things. So just uh, today I learned that uh, the university has um, released us to be able to do media. Uh, so 
there, there again is uh, the media requests that uh, we can come on and, and do some things very similar to what we're doing here uh, to be able to, to give that information. The second thing that we've been doing is that we um, have been in contact with GEMA, uh, the Georgia Emergency Management, trying to prepare some of the equipment that we have at Georgia State University in the case that they're going to need that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know in other places around Georgia, they've been called upon to uh, give equipment uh, to the state so they can uh, distribute that to the areas that they see fit that uh, maybe are a little bit harder hit. Currently, right now, um, I've been in talks with uh, some of those folks, but have not had the word that we're going to go ahead and release our equipment. Uh, But uh, we do have mechanical ventilators that uh, we use for our students to train. And uh, so there's a possibility that there may be a need for those uh, in, in, in the state is wanting to be able to have those so that they could dis- potentially distribute those to areas uh, that may need them. How many, tell me a little bit more about those ventilators. You know, we hear a lot about, you know, the need for ventilators, the lack of ventilators, the demand for, for them. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what they are. They, um, I'm picturing these, you know, huge giant machines that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and that they're really hard to, move about and, and, and whatnot. Can give us a little brief overview if you don't mind. Sure. I think uh, the first thing I like to start off with is that we'll hear a lot of things in the media, um, different individuals referring things to maybe a respirator and a mm-hmm. ventilator. And, and many times you could use those words interchangeably, but I think sometimes we may see respirator as more of a breathing apparatus for healthcare practitioners or for first responders, things to try to protect them. But in, in all means, a true mechanical ventilator is just that. It's, it is a machine that is designed to mechanically with with this equipment and this high processor um, computer, be able to allow a respiratory therapist to manage the lungs of an individual that may have any type of lung disease and cannot breathe at that current moment. And these machines are really not big. They're not heavy. They, they are not necessarily cumbersome. They are for the most part, mid-size, mid-range um, pieces of equipment, probably standing somewhere around four or five feet tall. Uh, And this is because they're on a stand just so that they're ergonomically uh, accessible for the therapist to uh, utilize. But they are highly um, mechanical and highly um, microprocessor driven. So they're, they're, they're very highly um, technical pieces of equipment, computer equipment, uh, that uh, can assess all types of different parameters uh, in the lungs uh, to allow healthcare practitioners and, and the respiratory therapists who manage them the ability to make changes so that they can better uh, treat the patient. And and is this something where you can kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, connect the patient to the the ventilator, the the respiratory therapist, you know, dials in a you know what he what he or she needs to dial in and then walks away, or can several patients use the same one? Are they on it all day long? I mean, how does how does that work? Oh, uh, that's a great great question. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of information going around because there's um, we hear a lot of the media that there's a lack of mechanical ventilators mm-hmm. uh, that are available, mm-hmm. and so there's been talk of trying to ventilate. Uh, multiple patients with one mechanical ventilator. And uh, just last night, the American Association for Respiratory Care uh, has come out with a statement stating that that is not the way to proceed. Mm-hmm. Using a mechanical ventilator should really only be placed on one patient. And these patients 
are very, very ill who need a mechanical ventilator. And these individuals have an artificial airway placed into their windpipe mm. uh, so that this machine can breathe for them. So similar to what you were saying, the, the respiratory therapist would make all of the, the needed changes to the machine and the computer so that it could deliver a similar type of, of breath that they would normally take to be able to support them. And it is going to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, depending on how long that they may need that oh, uh, wow. device. So it is, it's an all day thing. It could be for several days, for several weeks. It just really depends on uh, how the patient responds. Uh, there are um, alarms that are on this machine because the therapist can make changes so that they can be notified if someone, again, exceeds a certain parameter or a certain parameter is too low, it will alarm and then the therapist can then go back in and make adjustments. But as I mentioned, the, these, these machines, these computers are so high tech, mm -hmm. they can monitor so much lung physiology that gives this information to the respiratory therapist so that they can make the tweaks that are needed to hopefully improve the patient's ventilation, to hopefully help them fight what they're going through. Many of these individuals, as we see, are uh, having pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we have a lot of fluid uh, that is built up in the lungs. And of course, if there's fluid and, and uh, different items there within the lungs, it's difficult to breathe. And so we're there to be able to place this uh, artificial airway, be able to place this mechanical ventilator on them to be able to get them through this time as they battle this virus. And then as they continue to battle and get better, then we can wean them off the, the ventilator. Is, thank you. I mean, you know, it's, this is, these are spaces of, of healthcare and, and um, medical treatment that hopefully none of us will have to see. Um, and, uh, but you have graduated so many students from your program. How many, give us an idea of how many um, respiratory therapists are, are out there um, right now, either that have come through the Georgia State program um, or, or not. I mean, these are people that are really on the front lines of um, saving hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives, um, you know, they're the, they're the heroes. There will be the, um, the people that we will talk about. What are, I don't know, what, are, is there a shortage of such respiratory therapists? Are there many people out there? Um, what can you tell us about those that kind of come through your program and where they are now? Sure. Um, you're absolutely right, John. There is a shortage of respiratory therapists, and we don't necessarily hear that in any of the, the news and the media that's there. You know, we hear a lot of um, things about physicians and nurses. That they're, they're very large groups, and there's, there's a lot of those. But in terms of a specialty uh, healthcare practitioner, that which is what a respiratory therapist is, there's only about 155,000 respiratory therapists in the entire country. Oh, wow. uh, at Georgia State, we're probably one of the largest, if not the largest program in the country. Mm. And we're graduating somewhere around 45 students every single year uh, with either a master's degree or with a, a bachelor's degree so that they can then enter into the profession so that they can work in those intensive care units where they would find uh, the sickest of the sick that would need the care so that they could manage these mechanical ventilators. Well, you know, and um, we've been together. I've seen them in action in communities in Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic, um, you know, conducting home visits, um, uh, collecting data, you know, for some of some of the research we've collaborated on. Um, 
in what ways do you see um, the academic community um, and, or you know the community um, uh, at Georgia State coming together uh, to combat you know the this virus or just build solidarity I mean we're all we're all trying to find a way forward in these troubling times right how have you seen the, uh, your community come together well I think the way that our community is coming together is that we're we're here to help everyone um, mm -hmm. as we have um, working with our local clinical partners to be able to assist them, um, whether that may be some of our students who are their employees as um, respiratory therapy technicians, allowing them to be able to work because of the need that they may have. But in other ways, we're coming together, learning, I think, through, through Georgia State and how we're going to learn in this new process, um, trying to be stronger about how we can utilize you know, the internet and this online education and, and how that might work to be able to better serve. And can we, can we learn from what it is that we're doing and be able to process that back to face-to-face, -to -face, process that back to the community and, and the communities that we serve. Uh, so I think this is gonna be helpful uh, as we continue to look back and, you know, as we, as we go forward, we can look back and say, here's the things that we want uh, to look at uh, when we're in the community, uh, such as in Los Robles or, or somewhere in the Dominican uh, that we may be working uh, through Comunidad Connect, you know, as, as respiratory therapists and as specialists of, of lung disease, I think some of the things that, uh, that we do to try to help them breathe, I think we need to continue to connect of how can we help them be more um, hygienic. And so that again is stressing all the things that the CDC is telling us just mm -hmm. in general is to wash our hands, wipe down um, counters, uh, wipe down doorknobs, you know, do all of these things just to try to combat any type of virus that may be uh, there, any kind of germ mm -hmm. that is there uh, is just being more cleanly. And not that we're not cleanly, it's just we forget sometimes. And so it's just being, um, you know, you know, more aware uh, of what we do and, and more aware of, of washing our hands. I'm, I'm sure all of us probably out there think, my goodness, I probably wash my hands more or at that's least right. thought about it more than I've ever have in my entire life. That's and right. that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, because that's how everything is going to spread is through, uh, through either droplet sneezing or through touching. Yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> hopefully after, um, after we get through this, uh, and we will, um, there will be a, a more importance um, shown by society, by us, um, even as kind of practitioners who live and breathe, um, you know, public health and preventive health. Um, I, I sure do hope that there's a heightened appreciation for um, hygiene, personal and family uh, hygiene. Um, you know, Doug, it's, it's a, always a pleasure to, to talk with you. Um, I hope that we can reconnect in the weeks and months to come. Um, this is really valuable information. Um, and, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing this time and this information with us today. John, thank you very much. And then uh, thank you to everyone in the Comunidad Connect uh, community. Uh, very proud of everything that, uh, that you do and everything that, the, that Comunidad Connect stands for. Thanks, man. Okay. Well, we will certainly be in touch. Uh, stay safe and we'll see you soon.